Welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. What? Man, look at him. We back. We get your happy on hour. 93.7 The Ticket. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons. Man, look at her. This is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to everybody out there. And uh, hope everybody's being safe, being smart about it, because it's real easy to uh, make some bad choices. And people seem to be kind of unique on holidays. So you guys be safe out there. And just know that I want y'all to still get your happy on, but I don't want you to, to harm yourself. You know, I was thinking about Father's Day, and uh, for those that don't know, I, I lost my father uh, in 2006. So Father's Day is, you know, it's it's a rough day for me, but but I, it gets better, I, I want to say, but sometimes it still kind of gets my undivided attention. But I'm in a good place today. Uh, I'm on this mission to make my father in heaven proud of me, and I believe that... Uh, I'm doing the best I can. I hope I'm doing okay. You know, tonight's show is going to be a little interesting, too, because I got a really, really special guest. It's like a good personal friend and a former teammate of mine. from Don't, the, don't oversell it. No, come on, man. I already know, man. Don't You ain't got to be humble around me, dude. I mean, I know. Don't oversell it. <laughs> hey, my guest tonight is former Husker Eric Buchanan. Man, how you doing, man? Good, man. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Well, hey, hey, oh yeah. Before we get started, man, you know, Eric invited me to play in a golf tournament Friday. And uh see my golf skills are still uh work in progress. But uh they was patient enough to let me play with them. So thank you for that opportunity. Uh, you're welcome, but I, I would say that uh, you underestimate your abilities. What? I'm just glad we weren't playing for money, <laughs> especially on the uh, the last uh, three or four holes where where Mr. Simmons found something with his driver because he was hey, banging well, that thing. Well, you know, every now and then a blind squirrel will find a nut. So that means, you know, I was just getting lucky. That's all that you, was. You hit that thing a long way <laughs> on those last two, last two in particular. So, hey, Well, Eric, you know, a lot of the people that are listening, you know, they they know about former players, but they don't have the inside scoop. So we're going to kind of talk about something other than football, their football aspect. That's good. I like to, <laughs> I like to, uh, I like for you to share with everybody, man. Uh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Okay. Well, first off, let me say uh, the, the golf tournament was for Lincoln High. So okay, uh, okay. I'm I'm not from here, but my boys both went to Lincoln High School. And uh, I am a big supporter of the school, of the leadership at the school, what they stand for, mm -hmm. uh, the way they approach what they do there, and um, uh, just just really believe in what what uh, Principal Larson and the staff is doing over there. So I'm, I just want to make sure that we get that out there. That oh yeah, well I mean I, this is the second year I think you've done that, right? It's the second year you played. I with played. My, my son was playing with us before the first couple of years after he graduated. Now he lives down in Arizona now. So, uh, uh, but we're glad to have you on the on the squad. So anyway, want to get that. So so uh, I'm originally from Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, grew up uh, down there. My my father, 
so we're talking about fathers, was uh, Buck Buchanan, who is a pro football player with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a sports radio, correct? Yes, yeah, sir. So folks yes, out there will probably know. Yeah, who yeah, he is. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who he is. It's it's been a while, but um, so um, my 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 old man was from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. He met my mother at Grambling, uh, where they both went to school. So my, my mom was from a place called De Quincey, Louisiana, which is a little bitty town, sort of north of Lake Charles. Okay. Okay. Uh, her 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 dad, my granddad, Ob Pete, was a minister. Um, my, my uh, dad's grandparents, um, my granddad worked in the steel mills in, in Birmingham. Okay. Had a, high, had a side hustle doing <laughs> hogs and stuff on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, he, he, he was getting his hustle on. He, he had something going on all the time. Okay. Um, and my, my grandmother worked in a, a cafeteria, a bank, oh. for, uh, for, for a very long time. So, um, you know, both sides of the family really um, humble beginnings. Right, right. Um, you know, particularly my uh, my my dad. Uh, so so Pop uh, grew up went to Parker High School in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Uh, had at least as my grandmother would tell it, had some uh, issues. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, while he was there, sometimes okay. found himself in a little bit of trouble. Okay. Uh, so when, when the opportunity came for him to go to uh, Grambling, she wanted him to go very badly because she was afraid that if he stuck around, she's trying to get him away from, Alabama. she needed to get him around. She needed to get him out of there. Yeah, That makes uh, sense. She'd get him out of there. So, uh, uh, she got him out of there. He went down to Grambling, had success. Anyway, he and my mom got together. Um, and then eventually, uh, you know, he's playing football down there. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure some of the, the folks listening know, uh, you know, about the, what the environment was back in those days for, oh, yeah. for black players. Uh, and basically you really only place you could play where that the HEB is. There were very few players that were playing in, um, uh, what we would call, you know, traditional division one land yeah. grant, you know, big time colleges, uh, very, very few and, and none in the South. Right, anywhere right. over there that had to be in the Midwest someplace. Uh, <clears throat> ended up in 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 Kansas City, uh, so uh, that's where we started the family. So now he played for the Chiefs. But played for the Chiefs. How long did he play for the Chiefs for? About thirteen years. 13, yeah, you know, like that. I, I got uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like we'll get back to your story, but I, I got to say this while I'm thinking about it. Well, while we were at, at Nebraska, he came to a practice yeah. one time, and I mean, I. Dude, I was like a little kid, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm walking out of the locker room, going up to the training room, and Buck Buchanan is standing in the hallway, you know, just standing there. And it's like, it's kind of like, I don't know for those that ever remember that Mean Joe Green commercial and with the Coke commercial <laughs> when he threw the guy's jersey. Yeah. That's how I felt, dude. Yeah. I was like, that's Buck Buchanan. He's yeah. like, how you doing, young man? I was like, I I'm fine, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, dude, your dad was a hero to a lot of us. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, even growing up in Texas, we knew who Buck Buchanan was. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, now you say you, you, you start off in, in, in Kansas. Yeah, in the Kansas City area. Uh, and then uh, came to Lincoln in nineteen in 1980. So you may not even know this, but uh, we were talking about Mike earlier, right? So, yeah. As you remember, Mike had to go to J.C. for you. Right. He right. went to uh, Coffeeville. He went to Coffeeville. So uh, that did not get known until fairly late in the process, right? So my senior year, I broke my leg. I only played three games. Oh, wow. And, and barely got back on the track. I limped all the way through track season. But um, 
but I did not know this until much later on that, that McBride had been up and had talked to my coach. Oh. Um, and, and that actually had asked for some film, but for whatever reason, it didn't, it didn't, okay. it, didn't, it didn't, it didn't come together. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and I don't know, I don't know if it was something after the injury, but I, I don't know what happened. So um, that summer they had an all-star game uh, called the big brothers and big sisters, not unlike the shrine bowl. Okay. And uh, I was healthy enough to play. And and our boy Neil Harris, yeah, yeah, right Neil. from Kansas City was playing in the so you know got to know Neil a little bit, and, right? And uh, after the after the game, Neil said, "Hey man, can I get your number?" And I was like, "Yeah, he just want to hang out this summer, right? Cool." Uh, two days later, I think I got a call from Osborne, ah, uh, who I never met before. I had I talked to nobody <laughs> from Nebraska, didn't know anything about really anything that was going. On. I was an Oklahoma guy. Yeah, I, I, I know. There's a lot of us. I, I, was, I, was <laughs> I really didn't know anything about Nebraska. I I really didn't know where it was. I, I, I you know, I, I'm in Kansas. I don't know where Nebraska is. That, that tells you how much yeah. the time the people in Kansas City <laughs> thought about Nebraska. We didn't really know where it was. Um, and, and he said, hey, you know, we have this situation. We have a scholarship. You know, would you be interested? And I don't know, maybe that weekend, my, my pop and I drove up. Uh, Matt Osborne, um, some some other coaches I don't remember, and uh, I I pretty much signed right there. Really? So that that all came together in July. Oh wow! <laughs> Late June, camp in August. Or, yeah, 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 early July. I mean, so it was it, it happened completely out of the blue. Uh, at, at that point in time, um, you know, I I was not going anywhere. I, I did not have. Didn't have a lot of offers. No, I didn't have. I didn't. Well, you've been injured, so I've been injured. That didn't help. I, you know, I had a couple of uh, community colleges, and Emporia State had talked to me, and I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and quite honestly, I, 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 I was confused I got <laughs> about what my future was going to be. Right, right. <clears throat> At that particular point in time, so I thought, well, you know, this is a great opportunity. No, oh, yeah. So, so I should, uh, you know, I should, I should do that. So, but I, I got to tell you this too. So, I, you know, I came up. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd not been around like a big time college football program. I'd, I'd been around, you know, pros, but I'd not been yeah. around big time college football program. So this is the summer I come up. So I saw uh, uh, Russell Garrett. Yeah. Rodney Lewis <laughs> and, and Rod Horn. And, and they were lifted. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they look like. Yeah, yeah, like men, you know, yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, they I, stayed in the weight room. Yeah, man, I mean, like they look like men. I'm like, wow, is this is this, is this how this is going to be? Yeah, this, this this ain't what I thought it was. I mean, especially you know, you, you're talking about uh, Russell and Rodney, who were DBs. I mean, they. Yeah, and to my eye at that time, these guys looked huge. And Rod Horn like had no neck; he was just like, <laughs> he was eating all the weights. He had like I don't, I can't remember. He was I think he was deadlifting. He must have had four plates on each side of the thing. I'm like, wow, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so that's what happened, man. I just I showed up in August, yeah. and then uh, you know tried to figure it out from there. Well, well, I tell you what, when you showed up, man, we uh, we all knew who you were because of your dad. You know, we were we when they said, "Hey, man, Buck Buchanan's son just is coming." You know, we were like, "Oh man!" You know, and to be honest with you, your class—when I look at your class—you had a, you came in with a pretty, pretty.
pretty good class. Yeah, they had that was a great class. Yeah, you had I know eight was an AT with you. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Thomas. Thomas was in there, and then uh, Irving was in that class. Irving Fryer. Uh, like, well, Neil Harris Tur- is in that yeah, class. Yeah, Neil Harris. Mike, Turner, Mike officially was in that class. Man, Turner. y'all got Turner Gill. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm missing some guys. A lot of guys have played a lot of minutes. Um, oh, uh, uh, Burke. Uh, Dave Burke. Utah, Dave Burke from Utah. Uh, Harry Griminger, yep, yeah, uh, Tranowitz. I think Tranowitz yep, in that yep. class, right? So there was a lot of guys that played a lot of minutes um, out of that out of that class, and a lot of success. That class was one two point conversion away from a national yeah. championship. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We we talked about that. I had Trano on the on the show a little while back, and we talked about that. Yeah. And a matter of fact, we're trying to get Harry. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to get Harry up. <laughs> Where is Harry? Harry's in, uh, I think he's in Millard. Yeah, he's an administrator. Yeah, boy, you know what? And I ain't going to spill the beans on it, but (laughs) if you'd have told me when we were playing that Harry's going to be an administrator, (laughs) I would have had to have you uh, get a head examination because that that Harry and administrator didn't go in the same sentence. (laughs) Well, Buck, man, so uh, after you, uh, you stayed here as a full time, what? Now I wasn't here the full time, so I was here. <clears throat> so I would have been here through uh, for. So I did freshman, uh, redshirt, sophomore, sophomore. So going into what would have been my junior year, I had to make a decision. And so what was the decision I was trying to make? Rick, it was I, I was trying to decide was I really committed to this or not? I got you. I got you. Because if you're not going to be committed to this, uh, at least I felt. <clears throat> I was not being fair to myself. I wanted to be fair to the team. And you might find yourself getting hurt if you're out there yeah. half stepping. Yeah, right? well, it's a, it's, it's a business. <laughs> it's a business. Yeah. And uh, and, and I, I, I don't know that I ever entered into this. You know, you heard about the story. I, I don't know that I had a lot of time to think <laughs> about what I really wanted. Okay. Uh, and what I really wanted out of my life. Um, uh, very reacting to a lot of different things. And so... Um, you know, there was at the moment in time and I thought, you know, it's probably time for me to think about doing something else. So I, I can remember going to have a con- conversation with, with coach Osborne and he asked me if I was sure. And I said, yeah, I'm sure. Even though I wasn't sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know what I was going to do. You right, know? Right. Uh, but, but we did that. And, and so I, um, you know, tried to stay in school for a while, but without the anchor of the, of the ball, it was easy to get away from that. Right. 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 Uh, I ended up, I found a job working at a, and some, some folks might remember this uh, old, uh, old bar downtown called McGuffey's had a job down there and, uh, was, was bartending there for a bunch of years, uh, kind of knocked around in that, in that business, worked at the Cornhusker hotel, uh, for a bunch of years, did some, did some work at the, uh, Wick alumni center, all kind of in the food and beverage industry. And then back in probably nine, 90, Five, maybe. Okay. Man, it's so hard to think back on that time. But uh, I was working at uh, Barrymore's. We were talking about that earlier too. Barrymore's. Um, that's a place, man. That's the spot. <laughs> and then, uh, so I, I met I met this guy by the name of Terry Fairfield. Terry, uh, at the time, was the uh, president of the University of Nebraska Foundation. Terry used to come in and hang out. Okay. Uh, back when the university club was open, <clears throat> all the old dudes used to go upstairs and drink martinis. I think it was on Monday night. Right? That, <laughs> that's what they would do. But Terry would pop through every now and then. I think his daughter was working there part time too, so he would come and see what she was doing. Okay. And you know, we just got to talking and. On Mondays, there's a lot of time, and, and we were talking. He came in one time, and he said, 
have, have you ever thought about getting involved in, in this business? And I said, man, I don't know what you do. Right. I don't know what that means to be at the University of Nebraska Foundation. And he said, you know, we do the fundraising for the university. I've been talking with you. I mean, I think this might be something you could be good at. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you think? And he said, uh, why don't you come talk to me? So I went to the office, met him and this other guy named George went and he said, hey, um, you know, we would be interested in bringing you on. And I said, man, I haven't finished school yet. <clears throat> he said, well, why don't you come on as an intern? And uh, how long is it going to take? For you to finish, I, I I just said two years. I, I really didn't have any idea. <laughs> this is what I think. I said, two years. <laughs> and I said we'll work backwards. So, uh, uh, I said two years, and uh, he said, "Well, let's do it." So they came on. I worked. I worked there as an intern for a couple for two years. Uh, they paid for my school, um, and then I completed my degree, and then I came and worked there with them full time. So I, but then from that point forward, I was there for. 14, 15 years. Oh, wow. In various capacities. My last uh, title would have been uh, vice president and uh, director of corporate and foundation relations. So those guys were uh, unbelievable to me. I'm still friends with Terry to this day. Yeah. Um, uh, what I was able to learn about work and in certain kinds of environments, talk to people, understand uh, the way the university works. Yes. Understand the way. Um, you have to think about what it means to raise money, why people want to give money, um, right. what motivates them. Um, so it was uh, it was a great learning. So plan. you basically went from being an intern to having like a, a 14 or 15 year. Yeah. Career. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's pretty phenomenal. I was, I was the world's oldest intern. I think <laughs> I think I was 28 <laughs> when, I, when I started. But, you know, man, I, I was like, look, th this is my shot. Right? Yeah, I mean, this is my shot. I, I I can't do this other stuff forever, and and I have to do something else. And so, you know, I approached it like those two years were a job interview. I I, yeah. I am here right. not to just get coffee and and joke around. I'm here. You're gonna know. I'm here to learn. Right. <laughs> I'm here to work. I'm here to contribute. So what I did was on my classes, I st I stacked them all on Wednesday on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I had all Tuesdays and Thursdays open. So I was in the office from noon, one o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all day, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wow. I was there. Well, hey, look, we're going to take a quick break. Do not go nowhere. We'll be right back with Eric Buchanan, man. 93.7, the ticket to get you happy on hour. To the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Well, we're back. And uh, I got to give a big shout out to my little brother down there in Tulsa. Brett, keep doing big things. Happy Father's Day, young man. Uh, appreciate you tuning in and checking out the show. Yo, uh, we were just talking, man. You, you was doing this. You went from uh, being the oldest intern, the oldest intern, <laughs> to a fourteen-year-plus career with the Nebraska Foundation. Yep, University of Nebraska Foundation. So, and, uh, uh, like I said, I, I learned a lot, and, and I, I credit those guys a lot with um, uh, my success or what, whatever it is I got going. Um, 
you know, I was I was able to uh, build a life, yeah, buy a home, um, you know, have my kids, be married, all those sort of things. So it was uh, great. So back in um, twenty ten, is that right? No, twenty thirteen. Excuse me. Uh, just before uh, in in 2012, we were working on an initiative that that ended up being the Buffett Early Childhood Institute, which is based in Omaha. And and during that time period, I got to meet some people affiliated with the Buffett Early Childhood Fund. Buffett Early Childhood Fund is based out of Omaha. Um, as the title is that suggests, the same Buffett. I'm thinking about that, Warren Buffett. That that is uh, <clears throat> actually his daughter is okay. the is the one that is the um, uh, the creator. Of, of this particular philanthropy, though the, the resources come from uh, ha uh, Berkshire Hathaway shares. Oh, okay, okay. That, that Warren gifts to uh, the uh, kids' foundations hmm. uh, for them to be able to do their philanthropic work. Um, so I, I met some folks affiliated with that <clears throat> and uh, just started to have some dialogue with them about what they did. Uh, they started asking me some questions about myself and, and what my interests were and what I did. Um, and there came an opportunity uh, for me to transition from the foundation to go work with the Buffer Early Childhood Fund. I, I uh, you know, I, I, again, same story. I, I didn't really know what they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the name, obviously. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Warren Buffett. You know, yeah, that's 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 <laughs> something to pay attention to. They're probably not the brokest group. Probably to work not the brokest. Uh, that was something to pay attention to. I, I, I am not a practitioner of early care and education. Um, I, I'm not a, um, I'm not trained or educated in that. Um, but I've learned a lot over, over my time there and how important it is, how the first five years are really the most important times in a, in a, in an individual's life, right. uh, that, uh, unfortunately we do not always value young children in the way that we need to. Um, the science is clear. Um, the first five years are the greatest opportunity for learning. It's the greatest opportunity for social emotional development. It's a greatest opportunity to help children and families be able to navigate difficult situations. And it's the greatest uh, investment that one could make uh, as opposed to trying to do downstream stuff like incarceration, like educational remediation, like all sorts of other things that people complain about how much money we spend right. uh, and don't get results. <clears throat> but um, if we would invest in those first five years, we could really change the life trajectories for a lot of kids and that. So I'm not going to bore you with all the science, yeah, <laughs> the I got, brain I, and I all that sort of stuff, but, but it's, it's, um, the first five years are important, are important. <clears throat> and, and really the first three. Um, and, um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff to talk about within that, but, um, what I try to keep it simple. And, and what I learned, um, in the first weeks I was there from, from my boss, Jesse Rasmussen was that the most important thing in a child's life, is the quality of the relationship with their caregiver, be that a family member or be that a professional. Um, and so I always bring it back to that, is whatever we're funding, whatever we're doing, whatever we're supporting, enhancing the ability of that caregiver to have a quality relationship with that child or not. Oh, okay. If okay. it doesn't, we should probably not be in it. Right. If it does, that's the kind of stuff we want to focus on. So what do we fund? We fund a lot of work in, um, in practice. So that would be teacher training and education. Um, <clears throat> we, we fund uh, a lot of work in policy. Um, that would be at the state and also um, at, the, at the federal level. Um, 
you know, trying to um, support and work on policies that are going to do just what I said. Right? Yeah, right. I got you. So, so how is that? How does that come together? Um, we spend a little money on research, not, not a lot. Most of it with what I would call applied research. Um, and then, uh, you know, we spend uh, we spend some money on uh, a few other sort of special project type activities. Gotcha. Um, but that's the bulk of it. We, you know, we approximately have thirty million dollars a year that we that we give away. Um, you know, we wish it'd be a little bit more. <laughs> thirty million uh, is a nice little number, though. It's a nice little number. We wish it was more. There's a lot of need. <clears throat> um, so in in Lincoln, uh, probably the most visible example of our work is the Educare School, which is attached to the Belmont Elementary School on about uh, 14th Street. Okay. Uh, in Superior, that's a high quality early care and education center run by uh, my boy Quentin Brown. Shout out to Quentin. Um, they, you know, at max capacity, they can serve 191 kids from six weeks to age five. Um, and they do it uh, with high quality. High quality means the teachers are well-trained and have great credentials. Uh, there is um, uh, family support folks that are helping families connect to resources when they need them. Um, there is a commitment <clears throat> to training of the teachers in, in a way that they can be lifelong learners. There's a commitment to paying them a salary that can, they can right. live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's they important. This is really important. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing now. Um, I have for the last 10 years, it's been, um, an incredible learning experience. A lot of things I wish I would have known when I was raising my boys, right. <laughs> I might've thought a little differently about a few things. Right. Um, I've learned how to do some things I would have never learned how to do. I mean, I've been part of, uh, developing four, uh, facilities, you know, north of, $30 million in, in capital construction. I didn't know how to do any of that before, before wow, I started doing that's this. That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've learned about um, how to finance some of this stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I've learned about um, and had the opportunity to be around some of the smartest uh, thinkers about this type of work um, anywhere in the country. Uh, so it's been, it's been incredible. And um I'm there as long as they're going to have me. So I, I so you say you've I been there for over 10 years now? Over 10 years now, yeah. Well, I wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, going to be, yeah. I'm going to be there as long as I as long as long I. And, you know, I, I think the other thing I would say, Rick, too, is that, that I mean, not only is that um, enriched me um, in, in all sorts of ways, um, it's also afforded me an opportunity to be able to talk about something that I didn't even know I was that passionate about. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, until, that, you uh, got into until I got into it and yeah. as you start to uncover and think about it and, and consider uh, how important that time period is, it makes you even more passionate. You know, I was sitting that. there listening to you when you said like those first five years, you know, and then I, uh, I have had the, the pleasure of going into some of these middle schools and high schools and some of these kids are kind of, and I'm not labeling them, but they just seem to be a little out of control. Yeah. You know, and now that you've mentioned that first five years, I'm wondering how many of those kids that I think are out of control probably didn't have the benefit of, you know, that first five years of learning. I, I think that's a good question. That's you know, I mean, I, I just, like I said, I am I have no facts yeah. to back what I'm saying. Yeah. And we, and obviously you don't want to paint everybody with the same brush. Right. And, and, Correct. Be, and because somebody is having some issues at a particular point in time, and you know, this doesn't mean you can't change. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think I, I'm pretty much living proof of that. Right. You can't change. Yeah. It's just harder. Yeah. It is. There's more things that are become entrenched in the way you think mm -hmm. and act and behave 
that make it much more difficult. And so I'm not talking about mind control. We're not talking right, about right. Trying, no. this is not this at all. But it's but it's um, at this time period when when the brain is most um, flexible and has the ability to take on and experience new things and understand how to do things, the brain actually wires itself in a way that allows that to happen. Right. Okay. If, it's like building a foundation. It's like building a foundation. And and like building the foundation, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Right. Right. I can the, see that. The brain yeah. will shed right. um, those pathways if they don't get used. So, you know, as well as I do, and I, I'm sure you do, like trying to learn a language. Oh, yeah. When, when you're older, yes. feels impossible. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But young children can learn languages. Yeah. multiple languages at the same time right without even thinking about it. well why is that it's, yeah it's because That's a good question because their, their uh, brain yeah. is at a place in which they're receptive but the longer you go without that sort of experience then they come like us right you right. can't learn it because those pieces of the brain have now yeah been whittled away so wow. um so it's really important thing to do and and not only that it's um it's it's critically important for family economic security. Um, if families don't feel confident and comfortable that their kids are at a place that's good, where they're safe, and where yeah. they can be healthy, um, they won't work. Hmm. And if they don't work, then that's really tough for the um, the economic security of the family. So there's a lot of I won't get all into yeah. it, but there's a lot of things yeah. that go around. Well, you know, I mean, just. I'm just sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about the path that you took to get to where you are. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you bartended. Bartended. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, and then all of a sudden, you know, you just, you, you know, the stars line up and you meet a few people and next thing you know, you're at the foundation. Yeah. You know, and then you meet some more people and now you're with the, you know, Buffett. Yeah. You know, yeah. man, come on, man. Yeah. I You can't make this stuff up. I mean, to me, a lot of that has to do with who you are too. And that's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are not able to make those type of transitions, especially when they weren't trained. Right. You weren't trained at this stuff. No. You just, basically you went in there blind and figured it out Tried on the go. Tried to figure it out on the go. Yeah. And that's what it sounded like to me. Now I could be wrong, but it sounded like you no, went in there was, with that's, a, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> you went in there with you know, like, well, okay. Uh, that's, that's even, about right. even, even when they said you hadn't graduated, yeah. you're like, well, two years. Two you know years. what I mean? We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, man, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. I yeah, I, I'm that, very man. proud of you because everybody can't do that. Well, I mean, we, I would hope everybody could, but the, um, and I, I guess when I, the way I look at it is, um, uh, and I, I just took this, uh, Clifton strength finder thing, right. I, I, I've never taken it before. And I now, I, what is that again? It's called the Clifton strength finders. It's like a, you know, like a Myers Briggs sort of a thing. It's not, it's not quite the same thing. And, and I just took this and the only reason I took it was, um, uh, I'm working with my son, uh, my youngest son, who's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life right? okay he's he's uh be 21 here in july and and i thought well you know if if we took this this might give us some data for us both to look at right i mean right, there, there right. would be something that that you did that and it's going to reflect what you think about yourself and it'll give us both something to talk about and i thought well if he's going to do it i'll do mine and then i can share it with him and we can both talk about right you know, right what our, what our things are right we right. can that sort of thing 
But um, one of the things that came out of this was, which I knew, but but um, um, was reiterated in, in the in the piece was, um, if, when when I'm successful, I feel like I'm learning, and when I'm learning, I feel like um, I can change things. <laughs> um, but if I'm not learning, nothing nothing happens, right? So that's how I approached each one of those situations. This was a learning opportunity. Gotcha. If I'm yeah. learning, right, eventually I will, I will succeed because yeah. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to get, try to figure it out. Right. There's going to be a series of problems. I'm going to try to solve those problems. And that might send me back to do more learning. And if right. I do that learning, then that whole cycle begins again. So I've even, um, I even, you know, when I do sort of my yearly personal goals, and, and I don't want to make it sound like it's like super extensive. I just kind of yeah. <laughs> scribble a few things down right, right. on the notepad. Some ideas. Right. But when I do that, I'm doing that based on what do I want to learn this year? Gotcha. Right? And, and if I follow it that way, that works better for me. So I don't usually talk about what I'm going to achieve. I don't usually talk about winning. I don't talk about, I talk about what are we going to learn? And, and if I'm learning, I'm winning. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't want you to quit doing what you're doing because it's working for you. It's working for you. Yeah, it's working for you. And you know what? The thing is, life is so unique anyways, and it doesn't come with guarantees. No. So you definitely better make the best out of every day. And that's one of my pet peeves. I I mean, a lot of people don't – it doesn't make sense to a lot of people because I get a lot of questions about, right. man, how can you be positive and happy every day? Right. Well – if the, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of the people that are asking these questions, they didn't know me prior to my 14 years <laughs> of sobriety. <All> right. <laughs> when you've been through what I've been through every day, sober, right? Just that clean and sober alone is better than some of yeah. you know the worst of times. And, and I want to make sure that that I say, you know, you said you're proud of me. How proud I am of you because I, I knew you before. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. You know, I, 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 you know I, I know some of the things. Yeah, I don't you know. know every, you know, I don't know everything, but you know a lot of it. I know a lot yeah, of it. And, you know and a lot I, of and it. And I, I know it wasn't easy. Oh, uh, no. for, for you. And there were a lot of things that were really tough, and some experiences that I'm sure you didn't want to experience, but um, no, but but you went through. But to see you now, 14 years later, coming out on the other side. Uh, sitting here talking on the radio, I would never, I would have never thought. <laughs> no, well, matter of fact, I didn't want to be around nobody to talk for a long time. So I, I I'll say thank you for yeah, that as yeah, well, no, man. No. And you know, and and I don't want anyone to think that you know, like for the things that I've accomplished personally, that they were easy. Mm. But you know what? I just want to be an example that it can be done. Right. And that's the same thing I'm looking at you. I mean. Stuff you accomplished was not easy, dude. I don't care who you are. You can't go from bartending to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not an easy transition. It's one thing to be a bartender and then go be a server. Right. You know. So what I'm saying to you, man, is keep doing what you're doing. And I want you guys to, hey, you guys don't go nowhere. We're going to take one more break, and we're going to come back with 93.7, the ticket to get you happy on hour. Back 
to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Well, we're back. You know, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, I've been knowing Eric for a long time, and I learned a lot about him today that I didn't even know. And uh, I'll be honest, man. Um, Again, I'm not trying to be funny. Seriously, I'm really proud of of your your progress from where you – when you left football, I mean, basically, you were just flying, in my opinion, you were just flying by the seat of your pants. I was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, may, I think I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, dude, that's, I mean, when you think about it, I know, I know a lot of times people don't want to give themselves credit, but see, that's another one of my deals. I mean, I, I like being humble, but I also like giving credit, especially when you're doing positive things. Yes. You know, we give a lot of attention to negative things. That's true. So, I mean, I'd like to see that same energy given to positive. And I just, you know, I'm 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 really in awe right now because bartending to the foundation. I mean, I I just got to repeat this: bartending foundation, then to the buffet. Man, come on, man. I mean, where they do that at? (laughs) Come on. I I, I don't know. All I I can say is this is, is, and and, and you you demonstrate this a lot, Ricky, which is, um, you know, relationships. Right. I mean, and committing to having relationships with people. And that's a, and what I found is um, most people want to help you if you ask. Right. Most people want to engage with you if you want to have a, if you if, with if you engage with them with authenticity, you know it's People funny you say. You. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm thinking, and this is going to sound a little weird, but seem like, and this is my experience, is not maybe not everyone else's, but. I've, I've received a lot of help from people that I know, but I've received a lot of help from people I didn't know. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, like I've said several times, it's well documented that Coach Osborne has been like, oh, man, is very, very important in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've made that very clear. But I'm just saying since he, you know, got in my life like this after all my issues, man, the people that I've met – I mean, there are people, and I won't want to call their names, so they might not want to be known like that. <laughs> but there's been people that's really stepped up to help me, you know, and and uh, and made opportunities for me, and, and still are doing it, Absolutely. you know. And to me, I just think that that's you know that's special. So I always give them credit personally. I just don't do it publicly I hear like you. I do, Coach Osborne, because like I said, a lot of these people. They're they're a lot like you. They don't do social media. They don't you know. They don't really. They don't do that. Yeah. You know. And I I have to respect that yeah. as well. I, I hear you. You know. But no you. man, the fact that you uh, you went from where I met you to what you're doing now. Everybody can do that. Well, and I I, I hope there's more to come. I mean, I. Oh I, yeah. Well, you, I, I, I feel I, I feel young and vigorous. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm 60. I'm I'm ready to. You said you you you're just getting started. I'm just getting started. There's a lot. There's a lot more to go. On, well, you know, uh, and this is something that you probably know, but I'm gonna say it again so that you <laughs> make sure you know. It's well known that I cannot dance, but I think I can dance. So you know, I'd be like playing this music that we listened to back in college. Yeah. Before most that's people, that's what I were, still listen to. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Most of the music I listen to. A lot of the kids nowadays they weren't yeah, even born. Is, I know. You know, so it's it 
when I listen to this music, it it takes me back. Man, I don't buy any new music. Yeah, <laughs> no, it takes me back, man. And when I go back, I think I'm I'm really thinking I can dance. So it makes me feel good on the inside. <laughs> My question to you is, what do you do when you do get some free time? What are some of the things you oh, do to man. get your happy on? Uh, so, uh, well, I, I try to play a little golf. I play, <laughs> I play poorly, but I but I enjoy playing golf. You know, I, I like to read, man. I'm a reader. I'm, I'm, I'm part of a book club, and we, we're doing um, um, at least a book every month. And I found that when I'm doing a book a month, I actually end up doing more books. Huh. because i want to read something else or like i'm you know because we will trade off and like the, the the week uh the month that i had mine i uh, uh chose a, a western and i there were three westerns that i was choosing from so i read the other two westerns huh. during that during that time period um you know when my kids was here i like to i like to spend some time with my kids um but you know i i I'm not I'm not out running the streets like I used to. <laughs> so, you were talking about dancing, made me think about you know there, there used to be this club over on Cornhusker Highway. Dog Holiday. Oh, Dog Holiday. <laughs> that, that was uh yeah, that was a spot. Uh, that was a spot. There was a lot of fun. And uh um, I mean we could well we couldn't get into yeah, talking well, about everything well, that might but what we can tell is one story about your roommate AT Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Thomas, yeah, rest Thomas. in peace, AT. AT, but when Anthony Thomas was an offensive lineman from San Francisco, San Francisco. And this dude was like back back when he came to play the offensive line from Nebraska, this guy was probably three hundred pounds. Close to it. Close to it. And that was unheard of, but he was the most athletic. Yeah person you ever want to meet and to top it all off he was the best dancer on he the was team. the best dancer on the team now this dude could dance by far i mean he would dance all night long and then when they call last call then he'd be like hey rick let me get your keys i need to go to the car and get a, a dry shirt <laughs> but i mean i i i laugh about some of the things oh, that, we, that we did but but I, he I, would sweat through that shirt. yeah Anthony Thomas could dance, man. Yeah, I mean, man. for a 300-pound offensive lineman, this dude was light on his feet. Uh, oh, he was unbelievable. And he used to have – I mean, it was when, – when I when I, when I uh, decided to retire, the hardest thing was to leave you guys. Yeah. Right? Because if you're not part of the team, that's a different thing, right? And, right, right. And because uh, it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, you guys were fun. I got to meet guys from all over the country I would have never met before. Well, we, all kinds of personalities, people with all kinds of experiences and just all kinds of points of view. We used to And you know, we and we had we had some it, good times though, really. You no, know, I mean, even though it was just some of the best us. times of my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and the same for me. I mean, and to this very day, I'm still friends with guys. Absolutely. I mean, I I was looking at some of the Father Day text yeah. I was sending out today. I mean, I was sending them to Mike Rozier, yeah. Roger Craig, yeah. you know, Irvin Fryer. I'm thinking, man, I've known these guys since we were teenagers. Yeah. You know, and we're still friends still to this friends. day. So. And it's just this the whole um, the vibe, man. I mean, it was, I don't know what it's like over there today. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we was always together, too. We were always together. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, man. This was a, a great show. I, I've had a lot of fun with my friend here. Thank you again, Eric, man, for hey, coming on. Hey, rest in peace, Nate Mason. Yeah, rest in peace, Nate. That was my roommate from Greenville, Texas. I want to end the show like I always do. Every day you blessed to see, it truly is another day in paradise. And no matter what, you got to get your happy on. That's right, baby. Thank y'all. Y'all take care.